0: Welcome to Was That Really Necessary, the podcast where we explore remakes, reboots, sequels, and prequels by weighing them against the originals and asking, was that really necessary? I'm Zach Buell, and with me, as always, is my lovely and talented co-host, Paul Avishon. How are you now? Oh, I'm good. How are you guys all doing? Oh, you know, not too bad. If you haven't heard this show before, we watch a movie and then either it's reboot or remake or sequel slash prequel that was made 10 years after the most recent offering in the franchise. And then we try to figure out if this was a fantastical money grab or if they were actually thinking, you know what, I left this just, I left one stone unturned and I really want to get back to that. So without further ado, I guess we're going to hop into um, Cabin Fever. This was one that, uh, this was my choice. I am a huge, huge horror movie nut, as I've mentioned multiple (laughs) times before, and I decided to torture Paul by making us watch the 2002 version, uh, penned and directed by Eli Roth, and the 2016 version that I'm sure most people didn't even realize existed until they probably heard about it on this podcast, so... I think oh. the
1: worst part about this whole thing was that I was so excited because I thought we were doing Cabin in the Woods, <laughs> and uh, I, I like immediately was like, fuck yeah, this movie was awesome. I didn't even know they redid it. And then I realized which movies we actually had to watch, and I hate you.
0: I hate you way too much to allow you to watch <laughs> a good movie when it's my choice on this podcast. Come on, Paul. You should know that. <laughs> Um, so, I think where we will just get started and dive right in is into Cabin Fever 2002. Now, if you guys haven't seen this movie, uh, it is about five college graduates who rent a cabin in the woods and begin to fall victim to a horrifying flesh-eating virus, which attra- attracts the unwanted attention of the homicidal locals. I, um, So, this came out in 2002. I-, I own this movie on DVD. Or, if I don't anymore, I may have like given it to goodwill or something like that was it was was it when blockbuster shut down it could have been there was a time in my life when i i liked this movie and not in the sense that i really thought it was you know like a great movie or anything groundbreaking but in the same vein of the reason why i own jason x it's kind of a funny campy ride through some of this stuff my opinions have changed on that paul what are your thoughts on this initial thoughts?
1: So uh, yeah, as I as I watched this the 2002 version, yeah. I watched it again as an adult and and had a very different feeling that I did when 2002 and for those who don't know you know exactly how old we are, <laughs> I was either in college or going to my freshman year of college. So the movie starts out with, woo, spring break, fucking finals, or or end of the year, excuse me, not spring break, because they're talking about finals are over, telling kids yeah. don't go to college. Yep, 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 and yep, I, yep. I remember thinking like, oh, at the time, like, yeah, fuck finals. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree with this. As an adult, I'm like, where are your parents? How did you get this cabin by yourself? Why do these women have big fake tits? Like who, who Who are you people that's how I feel about it now as an adult yeah I I definitely you know a a very similar vein
0: of just like okay I'll watch this movie and as an as an 18 year old or whatever I'm watching this movie and thinking hey these characters kind of suck but you know what it's kind of fun to watch them meet their demise in some weird gory fashion now I'm watching and I'm just like these characters are so irredeemable I don't even get joy out of watching them die because I can't stand watching them, period. That was like 80% of the notes I took were just just different iterations of, oh God, these characters, they're awful. And that is, honest to God, a note that I have in here.
1: I'm reading that. Like verbatim. (laughs) Even the redeeming character that we all know is the lovely uh, Ryder Strong from Boy Meets Sean from Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. (laughs) Um, Even he's a piece of shit. Oh no, he's a. Yeah, he's he's supposed to be the redeeming one in the beginning scene. He's the the one not getting any in the car. Which, by the way, who does? There's like right off the bat. There's some like over the top. feely, touchy, basically just whipping his dick out and giving him a hand job while they're flying down the highway. Ryder Strong in the back with just his buddy's head on his shoulder and this girl that...
0: Jordan Ladd, who is the only other semblance of a redeemable character, and even she just kind of sucks. She's just a... Yeah, no. She's she's not very good either. Terrible. (laughs) So, it, it, it opens up with them. They go to this small town store, and of course, small town people are depicted just terribly as you would you know often as you would figure in a in a horror movie like this you're just you're not gonna get people depicted well but it's it opens with some super racist southern hicks talking about it and the best part is they drop an end bomb within yeah. what 10 minutes of the opening credits right just drop drop that in there and apparently the best part is is like That was a huge piece of contention as to why it was never produced in the script because people would read the script and read that there was this N-word in there and they're just like, that's unnecessary, take it out of there. Eli Roth fought for that. It's completely unnecessary. This is amongst the several things that he fought for that are just ludicrously stupid that he fought for them. Another one being in a nude scene, he fought with Serena Vincent to show her butt.
1: And they end up setting it for what, one inch of butt crack?
0: They had to tape down the sheet so only one inch of butt crack would be there. What kind of jackass has to fight to show She was like, Yeah, I'll go, I'll show my tits. That's fine. And he was like, Okay, show your ass. And she said, No, I have some sense of humility. I don't want to show that. And he was like, Hmm, this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna stand my ground. I'm gonna die on this hill. She almost we lost her
1: job because she didn't want to show like she didn't want to show her bare ass.
0: What kind A vile human being? Well, the person that writes this fucking script. The person that puts himself in not one but two roles within five minutes of each other in the movie as he is seen as the bald-headed clerk from the Bowling Alley Massacre flashback and then immediately seen as the traveler which has the dumbest goddamn line in the the storied history of cinema which is, yeah, he's a professor of being a dog. Ooh, faced. Yeah. What would I don't know. Anyway, juvenile uh, you know, dialogue aside, which is really hard to put aside in this movie, um, they go and they get, in, they, they, they get some supplies from these racist store owners. And then one of them, Bert, who is the worst character in a series of awful characters, is shown stealing from a small business owner. That's what I didn't owner.
1: get. Like, what value other than this? I mean, we get if you've watched the movie up until this point, you get that this guy is just a piece of shit. Like, yeah, he's like the piece. He's like, every every friend group has a piece of shit. He's mm. your piece of shit, but he's still a piece of shit. That's who this guy is. And he's
0: he's a piece of shit taken to the extreme, though. Like, he's seen stealing and gets caught and owns up to it and is just like, well, it's kind of, you know, it was an accident. It's like, no, it fucking wasn't. And then he's, he's running around with a gun. By the way, using a gun, like, who uses a gun like that? Like, a, a, a third-world country orphan that has never seen a gun in their life doesn't use it that poorly.
1: That, too. And then in the <laughs> beginning scene, he won't, like, give his friend a cigarette. Like, she asked for a cigarette, and he's sitting there palming cigarettes. Like, mm, don't have any. It's like, yeah. oh, dick move, dude. You Guys, they
0: just set up everybody as these terrible, terrible characters. So, anyway, they get past that. They get out to the cabin. And then, as it turns out, they are um, sitting around, telling stories and drinking beer and doing all kinds of stuff like that there's no character development with that they're just sitting there telling stories to pad out runtime in a pretty slim runtime already um and you just look at it like the story about the the aforementioned bowling alley massacre there's no point to that it doesn't come back anywhere in the story There is a point where we're talking, Jordan Ladd is talking about her character's proclivity to masturbate with a showerhead and how it was the best masturbatory experience of her life came every time. What is this? Why? What are these stories there? It's like, I guarantee you, it was something that Eli Roth heard and was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'll we'll put that into the, into the script. This will yep. be this will be good because it's like a nod to one of my friends, or conversely, because he thinks thinks he's the next coming of Quentin Tarantino in his Quentin Tarantino's little toady because he was the bear Jew in uh, Inglorious Bastards. If you guys didn't know who Eli Roth is, he was just like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna drop in some sweet dialogue by talking about masturbation.
1: Yeah, this isn't <laughs> uh, this isn't John Travolta and Samuel Jackson sitting at a table <laughs> rapping about pork and and this isn't this, this isn't, isn't Steve Buscemi
0: and, talking about not not wanting to tip exactly. in the beginning of Reservoir Dogs. This is a bunch of god awful college stereotypic caricatures. That uh, why I don't care. I just
1: don't give a shit about these guys. And that's a big part of my problem. Like right off the bat with the movie is that I just like. 10 minutes in, I just stopped fucking caring about everything.
0: Yeah, and it, it's, I mean, it's meant to be, I understand this type of horror. What he's going for is he's meant to, he's hes trying to create irredeemable characters so that you will enjoy the the gleeful melee that that comes afterwards of them, you know, like getting struck down by this horrible disease. But the thing is, is it's way more impactful if you set up interesting characters that then die in different ways. It's much more tragic. It's much more interesting for the viewer to connect to somebody and be like, ooh, I like them. Oh, man, they're going to die now. Instead, you get, hmm, yeah, that she was did. some decent gore effects, I guess. Oh, her back is red from where you scratched it? Well, they put some shaving cream over top of a prosthetic and made her, you know, pull it off with a, a razor blade, the iconic, you know, shaving her leg scene. That yeah. They, I don't know. It's rough because they all crumble at the slightest slightest bit of anything. Like, Bert shoots a guy that is clearly sick, and then that guy comes to the cabin, and then they light him on fire? Like, yeah. Like, how... They really fucked that guy up. What did you like? He goes into their. There's a homeless man, a hermit, out in the woods, and they go and they find him, and he's he's sick, and he comes to try to like comes to them for help, and then he hops into their car, and the way they try to get him out of the car is by pointing a gun and shooting at the car, and then hitting the car with a baseball bat. No, I'm not saying any of that incorrectly. They're hitting the car and shooting the car to try to get the guy to leave it. How is that, where were their minds at? And then they somehow accidentally, no joke, accidentally light the guy on fire, and he runs off into the woods, and no one goes after him. These are not the people I would ever want in a natural
1: disaster with me. They're these aren't the people <laughs> I want on Earth with me. These Again, this goes back to the previous comment that these are probably some of the worst people in the entire world. Yeah. And they just, they should have just fucking gone home. At that point, that's and that's the thing. They <laughs> stay. They do this, and they're they like, do. "Well, we should keep partying." It's like, no, we're gonna go the fuck home." Like, yeah, they smash up the car. They shoot the car because I guess that gives them a reason why they can't le- just leave.
0: But then they walk. To, they walk miles. They explicitly say, "Walk miles, miles to try to find another cabin that they can't." That one guy's caught peeping Tom. You know, in the middle of a, the woods in another cabin. I don't even
1: know how that happened, but like, they walk miles. Walk the miles back to the fucking village. Just go to and the, the highway. If, and if, if I light someone on fire, I'm fucking gone. Like, yeah. guys, pack our
0: shit. We're going home. And then the world's most incompetent cop somehow comes and finds them. He's the only character I liked. I, I, I yeah. liked the actor. I don't like the character. He somehow, like, if a cop comes and says this to me and says, like, oh, I'll send a, a tow truck back for you. You know what I say to the cop? Hey, cool. Give me a ride into the into the— the town with you so that way i can maybe find something else like i can call f- for some help from our parents to come pick us up or something like that i don't just go yeah okay that that idiot that i just talked to that called me party guy and seems like he's already high and he's a police officer that n- totally non-trustworthy character i don't think that he's going to get us a tow truck anytime soon he sounded super trustworthy yeah yeah I probably would have been a little more. <laughs> and especially after they've already made fun of the incompetence of small town people, you just suddenly trust this small town cop who is
1: clearly a fucking moron. <laughs> Like, probably the worst of the worst, to be really honest with you. But I liked his character. I he added the he's the only time I chuckled. He's the only time I was like, yeah, I'll oh, grant you that. This guy, something's gonna happen. Yeah, um, yeah. I call him Party Guy, and he's he just so he was in him and the the Bert the, Bert, the piece of trash. Yeah. exactly. The candy stealer were both in Detroit Rock City. Yep which was, came out before this, was really, really bad. It's a forgettable late 90s or
0: early 2000s comedy. Along the same veins as the, it was kind of the type of comedy that American Pie really, you know, spawned. So it's one of those forgettable early 2000s comedies that goes along with, like, Road Trip or, you know, those other types that you've, Sex Drive, that you've already forgotten existed. And then I said that and you're just like, oh, yeah, Tom Green was in one of those. Which one,
1: though? Exactly. So... (laughs) But he—he he was probably my my favorite character throughout yeah, this, or at least the only one that I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I could watch more scenes with you. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is like, if you look at these characters,
0: you'll probably recognize most of them. Um, you know, I keep we keep referring to some of them though. So Ryder Strong, like we said, he was in Boy Meets World. That's definitely the one that you would recognize the most uh, readily. Jordan Ladd she was in um, Club Dread with Broken Lizard. She's been in a yep. bunch of stuff like that too. She's kind of a you know a comedy comedic actress. Um, James DeBello is Burt. He's the guy from Detroit Rock City. Serena Vincent was the Yellow Ranger in one of the reboots of the Power Rangers. So bringing that back to Power Rangers all of a sudden, she was a, a former Power Ranger. And then and uh, Joey Kern. Joey Kern you would probably recognize as one of the kids that gets pulled over in the beginning of Super Troopers. Yes. can't pull over anymore? He's already pulled over. That guy. Yes. So it's it's all these guys that you would, and then uh, what is his name? Giuseppe whatever is the police officer, the other one from Detroit Rock City. But it, it's it's people that you kind of recognize, but None of them are stars. So you understand how they kept it such a small budget because none of these guys are really that big of stars. The kids end up, after they light this guy on fire, they catch his virus uh, that he had, this flesh-eating virus and it's because he, after he died he tried to put himself out in the uh, well that they're drinking from so it goes into the drinking water and they all end up dying from this uh, from this virus, although something that I thought was really interesting. None of the main characters actually die from the virus. Exactly what I was just going to say and I figured you'd read that too Yes. Um, they all end up dying from <laughs> pretty much sheer incompetence. <laughs> yep, just <laughs>
1: being, just, like, just
0: freaking out yeah. and being stupid kids yeah. Jordan Lye is the first one to be infected. The way they find out is via sexual assault from Ryder from Strong, which makes him the deplorable character because she is passed out and he starts to finger her. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty that's, shitty thing to that's, do. That's sexual assault. That's assault, brother. That is how they find out that she's infected because his fingers are all bloody when he comes back up there. Then they, you know, Bert gets infected. He tries to go back to town. The, he alerts the redneck shopkeepers of their disease with their karate chopping mulleted kid that shouts pancakes it's the best scene in the whole movie it, it is it, it is <laughs> the pancake scene it, it is baffling just well, just do a youtube search for cap and fever pancakes it'll make sense and then the rednecks have this weird subplot where they have, they have this ritual to go cleanse them which was totally dropped in the second one when we'll get to yeah. that but like it's weird because there's the big mongoloid one that's holding a box a special box that you don't know what's in it he never opens it. It's kind of the suitcase with the yellow light of right, this one again, exactly. trying to be Tarantino. And it's just—it's this weird subplot that these rednecks, because he's like, "Go get the, go get the box," or he says something like that. It's like, what, what, what is this subplot? What, 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 where does this get resolved? Where do you figure this out? They find out that the hermit is the cousin of a person that lives near them, but it's totally dropped. That never comes up again. Yeah, like, they never go back to there's, her. There's no resolution to any of this stuff. It's yep. just—it's just pointless. Um, then, as it ends up, they all end up dying. Like, Jordan Ladd, uh, Serena Vincent dies after showing her tits again with, by having sex with Ryder Strong, which is, again, totally pointless there. Uh, she dies because the dog eats her. Eli Roth is I presumably eaten by a dog, his character. You never really see He's just dis- disemboweled, so it's clearly not the disease. He's, like, torn in half. Uh, Jordan Ladd is... Also eaten by the dog? Or does he have to put her down? I don't remember in this one. He might know. have to put her down. I think she's still kind of alive. she's being chewed on by the dog. Ryder Strong ends up dying through various means in the end. Um, Joey Kern is uh, killed by the cops that shoot him. Bert is shot by the rednecks. None of them actually die from this disease. Nope. Which is kind of, I guess, maybe a commentary there. I don't know. Maybe there's something there to that. There, that there might be. There's. I, I don't know. I'm,
1: I, I'm done trying to look for any meaning in this film. The Really, the only good thing that, uh, that kind of came out of this movie was that we saw the growth of Lionsgate. This was pretty premature for Lionsgate when they were kind of forming up until Saw. This was one of the lowest budget films, like that one, had been,
0: one and a half million, yeah, or one like and that. a
1: half million is made really, some good money for them, though. It so. did, it did make good money for them, but again, in the end, like it wasn't this huge thing that, no. um, uh, I guess I want to say sparked the horror genre or put Eli Roth on the map as much as I think it put Lionsgate really on the map as yeah. far as a uh, production company. Um, I mean, a grossed USA, a cumulative world, well, let's say gross USA at $21 million, worldwide, $30 million. On a 1.5 budget, that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good, actually.
0: Um, one of the things that I want to just point out, too, is like, the only time I think I got an actual legitimate chuckle out of me was in the... In, Ryder Strong, at one point after he's infected, goes and finds the incompetent police officer and approaches him again and says, ask for help, and there's two kids one guy's playing a harmonica one guy's playing a a guitar and they end up like kind of going after ryder strong to hit him and ryder strong ducks the guitar swinging dude and hits which then hits the harmonica guy in the face and knocks the harmonica into his throat so when the guy's breathing he just keeps going "Eh, eh, eh," like he's got a harmonica stuck in his throat one time i got a legitimate chuckle out of me i was like all right it's a decent little gag but also, I want to point that out. This is at 90 minutes into the, a 95 minute movie that this happens, and this is a point where we've seen so many bloody, horrible deaths, and it's trying to. This movie's like kind of trying to be serious at that point. Yeah. And it just totally flubs the whole like tone of the movie. It just c- cannot decide if this wants to be funny or
1: serious, and it falls flat at both. And that was my problem with it. Exactly yeah. that. It just it was it was a timing thing where you have this, he's seriously trying to ask for help, and mm-hmm. you just kind of have this weird comic relief bit that just seems yeah. forced.
0: And it just, there's there's so many things, it, it ends up with Ryder Strong getting taken to the hospital, and at one point, he's wheeled past a, a, a room in which he looks in, and there is... A man in a Bugs Bunny suit giving somebody a shot. And you just see that, and again, there's no explanation, no further exploration into why that is shot in there. And I was talking to you about this earlier. This is clearly just like Eli Roth trying to do an homage to this, The Shining, where at one point he's, like, walking past something, and he sees a guy in a dog suit blowing another guy, and that's supposed to be this surreal mindfuck. The problem is, is that The Shining is entirely cerebral like that, where it's all, like, so much stuff screwing with you. Cabin Fever is not, and you cannot pull that weird shot off. It just is out of place and stupid then. So, that basically brings us to the end of it, in which Ryder Strong's body is dumped in the same reservoir that is feeding stuff, so you get these shots of basically the entire town's water supply being fucked, and you kind of get to see everybody. And the N-word comes back in there. You find out that the uh, racist old white man who had said that pointed a gun the wall and said that was for N-words. As it turns out, it was he was cleaning the gun up for some black people that were there to retrieve it from them, and he calls them my N-word. Yep. And he brings it back around, and all of a sudden that joke has its payoff, and...
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, you it, turned a racist thing into something that just wasn't funny. Still racist, too. Super I'm racist. I'm still
0: going to point that out. Definitely not, didn't, didn't absolve any racism there. Still very racist.
1: So just... <laughs> absolutely. That is literally the movie in a nutshell, by the way. <laughs> to make matters worse, there are... Outside of the reboot, there are two more of these.
0: Two more of them, and there was supposed to be a third one, too. So, what they made a. Oh, there, s- there they there made is. there is.
1: Well, it- Captain Fever 3 Patient Zero.
0: No, I mean, there was supposed to be a third sequel. My apologies. Ah. So the way this uh, it went was they had they did Cabin Fever, then they did Cabin Fever 2, which I believe was still produced by Lionsgate. At it that was. Point. It
1: even had writer Strong in yeah. it. Yeah,
0: and then um, Cabin Fever 3 was actually another company bought the rights to it, because Cabin Fever 2 did so poorly that Lionsgate didn't want to do with it. So another production company bought the rights to two sequels, made the third one. That one did so abjectly poorly that they just in a fire sale sold the rights off to somebody else to be able to make this reboot so they were supposed to do a second sequel after patient zero and it was it was scrapped because that one did so poorly it was so
1: poorly received fun fact cabin fever 2 their official website is a myspace page huh the budget was so yeah. bad they refused to post it on imdb oh yeah yeah that's a. Uh... It's a theme with these. The runtime was <laughs> 85 minutes. Uh, three apparently did pretty well. Pretty, pretty well in Russia.
0: <laughs> good. Uh, good. Did good,
1: good. unfortunately star Sean Astin.
0: Uh, yeah, I do remember
1: that. I didn't. I haven't watched either of those.
0: You know, Eli Roth would then go on. I, I am not a fan of Eli Roth. In case you couldn't predict, couldn't deduce that from what I've been talking about, he went on to make the Hostel movies. Is probably the
1: one that he's best. Known I for, really, I which think. I personally like. I'll just, I'll admit, I really liked Hostel. I thought it was great.
0: So Hostel One is definitely better than Hostel Two. Grant you that. Which he also did. He then also did a movie called Knock Knock, which features Keanu Reeves. And he is home invaded by two women. It is just as bad as it sounds. And then he did A House of the Clock in the Walls, um, which I haven't seen. I've heard it's okay. He also did the remake of Death Wish, which is on our list uh, somewhere in there. And then, oh, yeah, he did one called Green Inferno. Let me do a quick recap for you here, see if you notice a pattern here. Um, so Cabin Fever, a group of college-age people travel to a land that is foreign to them with hostile natives and bloody bad things end up happening to them. So then if we go to hostile, it is college-age people that travel to a land that is foreign to them with hostile natives, and bloody bad things end up happening to them. And hostile two, by contrast, is where college-age people travel to a land foreign to them. You noticing a pattern?
1: Oh, 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 I then get he, it. He I to- think I see hold it. Hold on. He
0: totally flips the script with Green Inferno, where college-age kids travel to a foreign land. Oh, no, wait. No. Shit.
1: It sounds sounds pretty similar. Eli Roth made four of
0: basically the same movies. one of them had a flesh-eating virus, two of them had European game, big game hunters hunting people, the most dangerous game of all man, and then one of them had native cannibals. He made basically the same thing. I, I, I feel like Eli Roth just hates travel he's really afraid to travel and this is his like his, this is his outlet. He finally yeah. switched it up at least a little bit. Eli Roth. God, you suck. And I maybe I'm picking a fight with you here, but you are just, ugh. Get get out of the limelight. I don't want you to be here. Maybe maybe House of the Clock in the Walls was okay, but ugh. Get out of my face. Anything uh, anything uh, else to to comment on before we move on to the 2016 remake of Cabin Fever?
1: Oh. No, I'll save it for the, the remake. Okay. Uh,
0: Paul, do you want to give us the, the recap
1: of the plot of the remake of Cabin Fever? Sure. I'd really like to do that. Yeah, go uh, ahead. To all of our listeners, you remember what Zach said? Yeah, I do. I it's do. that. Oh, okay. It's exactly fucking that. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. We're done now with that. Yeah. Um, he's not exaggerating.
0: They literally used the original script with slight punch-up. Yep. That that is it. And they excluded... Well, they did exclude the N-word, so at least they... They did not... You're right. They
1: did not use the N-word. The police officer was a female, but she still referred to them... As party guys. As party guys. Yep. Geez, it started... He sold a candy bar. Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Mm-hmm. Got bit by the kid. Who yelled
1: pancakes. Who yelled pancakes.
0: The kid did have a bunny rabbit mask on, which was an homage to the fact that they didn't include the bunny rabbit scene at the end. So, cool. At least the bunny bunny mask on the kid is a little bit creepy. I'll give them that, that it's a little... A little yes. better ambiance to it than just a weird mullet-headed kid that does karate.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> for the listeners, it, folks, it's the same movie. It is. Uh, the additional
0: writer on this uh, this remake of Cabin Fever is a guy named Randy Perlstein. Uh, those astute listeners that know the history here will know that he is the co-writer of Cabin Fever 2002 he was roommates with Eli Roth. His other writing credits include Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever, and the remake. He he literally hasn't written anything outside of the Cabin Fever series. Maybe that's why Cabin Fever 3 went off the rails, because it didn't include this guy. He's, that's he's probably the, why. He's the glue holding
1: Cabin Fevers together. I so, will say that they did do... Uh, I don't want to say neat because I really don't want to give this movie any fucking credit that it doesn't deserve. So for everything in the 2002 that was on the left of the the camera, they did it on the right. Uh, They literally just flipped what side of the camera people were on. But folks, I'm talking because I'm sure we're going to talk about this movie, Psycho-esque remake, oh, yeah. shot for shot, almost line for line outside of the shovel scene, which we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, almost line for line. They they did a couple of little punch-up things with like the guy who plays Bert in this character. This character's Bert, is slightly less insufferable, but they make him a gamer. So they add a couple of lines of dialogue for him to be the, the elite hacks or gamer, which just reeks of a 45-year-old who's never played video games in his life yes. trying to add in dialogue. Dialogue to talk about this. Otherwise, it's it is literally like they use the same script. Eli Roth is credited as a writer on this yes, because they they, they, ha- so they much almost of the same had script.
1: to. I mean, they, yeah. they they you couldn't do this. Yeah. Now, I will say that most of these actors are garbage. Um, yeah. There least. is
0: literally nobody. the The most famous person that I can pick out of this of the cast is. The brother of Alexandria Daddario, who is the girl, if you guys watched yes. True Detective first season, that shows her big boobs. Like, yeah. that is the most famous person. It's her brother. It's not even her. It's her brother that's part of the cast. That's probably the most famous person in the cast.
1: I mean, yep. There the, is There is not anyone that I really recognize from this. There wasn't anyone that I was like, oh, cool. I recognize them. Uh, uh, at least in the original, I recognized Ryder Strong. I, maybe yeah. that's just a generational thing, but I was like, oh. Well, and like I said,
0: the main cast of the original, at least you, you, you could look at them and be like, I feel like I know that person from somewhere and kind of like do the, oh, where, where are they from? Where are they from? This one, I, I couldn't place literally anyone. They made a... In a movie that was terribly acted and terribly written, even worse somehow. Because at least in the first one, I mentioned multiple times these guys are irredeemable characters. They were going for a character. Yeah. They were trying. They really, really were. These guys are stale and wooden and look like they were directed by M. Night Shyamalan to just be, you know, in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. But, but it's not. Um, what I can give it credit for is the cinematography is better. Was a higher budget on this one, so it looks cooler. It's not all brown and yellow, which is what the first one was kind of just washed out like that. It's a little bit
1: longer it um, is. in runtime. There is some added Scenes, but some are just more drawn out,
0: and more honestly, more stuff was cut out of this one. There's no the Ryder Strong's character and the Ryder Strong's analogy, <laughs> analogous <laughs> character, I guess, um, doesn't get taken to the hospital at the end, so they kind of cut out some of that. It's it, I don't. It, it's hard to talk about it because it is so 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 similar to the to the original what i will grant it is so it lost all the any comedic efforts that they had in the first one it pretty much is gone like they even the the lines of the police officer in this one who they flipped the script to be a woman this time really flipping it mind blown um she says exactly the same lines that the dude in the original one does but in a creepier tone so she takes literally every ounce of comedy out of it which was the only redeeming part of that character so cool. We get a cop with a scar around her eye for no reason. Who, by the way, that character, her uh, her other roles, literally they are roles in movies by this director. She is in all of the—this guy Travis Z is what he goes by. Um, he's done a ton of short films. He did movies called Scavengers and Midnight Man, and she is in the, this and those other two movies. That's like all she has on her resume. So for some reason, he loves this woman. And just puts her in his movies. Are they married? No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't knocks. think so. Um. <laughs> but, yeah, that's about all she's worth. And what's funny, too, is that Eli Roth gave his blessing for this remake. Now, most people surmise that that was probably to make money. But, like, he was consulted and was like, yeah, okay, we can do this. Let, let, let's do this. This is good to remake. Go, go, go remake this. Why would he do that? Yeah, I don't know. This is it's it's real bad, man. It's it's real bad. Um, I can't. I wrote down. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I miss Eli Roth as Grim, the character he played in it, because the new guy who played it was uh, has the personality of a cardboard cutout of Amber Heard. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't. I don't know. This was. (laughs) his integrity, Eli Roth's integrity as a filmmaker has gone out the window when he gave his blessing to do this. It's just, and he had very little to begin with. What I thought was, it, like I said, the movie, this second one is shot better. Um, the new cabin that they're in is much better condition. It's much fancier. Uh, they did this one in Portland, whereas the original one, I think, was filmed out in the in the south or something like that. So it's it's a little better stuff. Um, they did trim the script down, so uh, even though it's a little longer runtime, the script is actually I feel like it's paced a little bit better, yeah. weirdly enough. One thing that we, I noted about the original like tonally all over the place right it is just there's no good tone for it this one actually establishes a tone so the end of the first one the last half hour is when everything shit's going haywire all the kids are dying you know gruesome stuff is happening but it's really hard because they keep injecting these weird stupid comedic efforts in there like i said they really but yeah the one thing that i will grant this remake is that the last half hour or so of this when shit goes haywire there's a scene that we want to talk about now we, we the the shovel scene the shovel
1: scene um, it's
0: it's my one redeeming yeah. quality of this in the original one Jordan Ladd's character is is they take her and they p- take her outside of the house when they find out that she ha- is infected yep. they don't want to get infected themselves so they take her out and put her into the cabin and like i said she gets attacked by a dog and eventually i think Ryder Strong shoot no he he takes a shovel and he, he clubs her over the head with it and it's all seen off screen he just, you just see him like take a shovel and hit her with it that's the homage is that is he uses a shovel in the first one i'm just remembering this now yep. The second one, this remake, the guy takes a shovel, and she says to him, she's, just like, saying to him, kill me. Her face is all screwed up, like, kill me, kill me. And you're just like, oh, man, there's some gravitas here. And then he takes it, puts the shovel spade into her mouth, and, like, kicks down like, on curb it. stomps like,
1: her with a shovel.
0: It's, oh. Only it doesn't take... She's still alive, and she's still saying to him, kill me, but her mouth is all screwed up like Ichi the Killer. If you ever saw that where the guy's jaws are super wide open?
1: And she's still saying it, and and then he just lights her on fire and walks away. Holy shit. Like, no humanity whatsoever in that scene. I wrote just ruthless. Like, ruthless. You you bash her head in with a subtle, don't kill her, and then... Being lit on fire is probably one of the worst ways to die. Oh, my God. You're already in the uh, to pain that is unimaginable. How you are not in shock and just out from that alone yeah. baffles my mind. But you literally lop, basically lop off the bottom part of the jaw and then light her on fire like, dude, that is horrible. You are, you are freshly going to hell. So the reason why I bring this up is because the last half hour of this movie –
0: actually got the tone of the horror right. He comes back and he finds the cop scene in which, like I said in the first one, the harmonica joke was kind of entertaining in there. No, this one's played seriously. Yeah. Like, these people are trying to, like, hurt him and it's just, like, at least they got the tone of that part right. You felt legitimately like there was some shit going on. These people actually cared. So, if there's one redeeming quality of the remake, it's that the last half hour is actually okay horror. It's not great, but it's that's the best thing than I can the say. First
1: one, it's In, about as much for the last I can give for it. the last half
0: hour. Yeah. yeah, that's that's about what I can give it. So, yeah. Um, anything anything we missed on the the second one that you wanted to talk about before we get into like budget and and stuff? No, no. I mean, I don't think I honestly just watch one or the other. You really don't. You you can't go right with either of them, <laughs> and. <laughs> Just if you wanna, if you have any interest in either of them, just watch one or the other. Don't watch them both. They're the same movie.
1: There's there's no, there's absolutely no reason to watch any of these movies. No, to be a- honest. <laughs> but if you feel like you just gotta watch some Cabin Fever, if you really hate yourself, <laughs> go ahead and watch one of them. I don't know. I, it, to I don't me, know. it really doesn't fucking matter. If I if honestly if I had to watch either one of them, I'd watch the new one again. Yeah, to be just just for the shovel scene. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I
0: probably would too. Um, Paul, you got some budget for us here. We kind of touched on it before, but uh, what do you what do you got for budget on these bad boys?
1: So, like I said, the first one had a budget of one point two or one point five million. Yep. So total box office would be about. Thirty million, so a pretty good. I mean, it's, it's good. It's a solid, it solid is, budget. It is. It's. I or actually something. think it's pretty solid. Yeah, that's good. Now let's switch that back. Mm-hmm. The new cabin fever.
0: The best numbers I could find. And this was tough too. Is they estimated about two ish million on budget, and that was based off of like estimating what that production company is known to do. Um, it was picked up by IFC Midnight uh, to for distribution. It did technically hit a few very limited box office theaters. The box office that I could I found varying numbers for box office um, that ranged anywhere from I think about fifty three thousand to about eighty nine thousand so dollars. that's actually where I'm kind of office. stumbling
1: here. Is I actually I saw those numbers and I needed to make sure that that was correct.
0: Yeah, no, uh, that is correct. That we is, are looking uh, at, and I thousands. wanted to make
1: sure that I wasn't missing a decimal somewhere no, no, no. because I. had... I did. I copied and pasted this from the their Wikipedia website. Yeah, a box office of thirty nine thousand. Yeah, not even a hundred thousand
0: made back on it. Now, granted, again, this was probably shown on IFC, so I'm sure they got some rights paid for it or something like that. Um, but the, basically, this movie didn't make money, this is, which is why that this whole franchise is dead in the water mercifully like a shovel to the face. This is, <laughs> this is not done in the water. If you guys are curious about Rotten Tomatoes and what any of the, any of the critics said about this, for Cabin Fever 2016, just because I want to <laughs> share these abysmal ratings with you, uh, 12% of the audience thought that Cabin Fever 2016 was good. I bring that up because literally zero good reviews from critics. 0%. That's for Cabin Fever 2016. Cabin Fever 2002, interestingly enough, uh 43% of the audience liked it. I could see that. Uh 62% of critics enjoyed Cabin Fever 2002. They thought it was kind of a lighthearted romp, a a fun-filled, you know, film that had never took itself too seriously and had some some redeeming qualities to it so it obviously it like that it. It, it did have boobs
1: so that's that that has to at least give it one more star i guess yeah
0: top movies in 2002 that cabin Fever was up against uh spider-man lord of the rings the two towers and star wars episode, episode two attack of the clones uh 2016 cabin fever was up against rogue one finding dory and captain america civil war now that we actually got to hear about some of the critics' thoughts. Every week, we get to uh, challenge each other to find our favorite one-star and five-star reviews off of Amazon. These are ones that Paul and I go out and search for. I was wondering, Paul, did you find a good five-star review of Cabin Fever
1: 2002? Nope, you but didn't? I got one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I go wouldn't one. say it's a great one, but I, I have one. <laughs> Lay it on me. I had a lot to choose from on this one. I There were some some long ones, but I went with this one. Mm -hmm. Cabin Fever is awesome all caps exclamation point without a shadow of a doubt one of the premier horror films I've seen in quite a while Ryder Strong is perfect for his (laughs) character and James DiBello is amazingly hilarious great acting jobs by everyone involved a definite 5 out of 5 stars on this one that's a it's a bold claim. It's a, it's a, there's a, it's a short, but a lot of bold claims. A lot of bold claims. All um, right. Did you, did you? find a five-star review by any chance i i disliked this movie
0: so much that i wanted to try to find a five-star review that actually wasn't that nice to the movie and i actually found this this is called i bought this on blu-ray and it's b-l-u-e blu-ray perfect this is all one sentence uh with no capitalization or punctuation when it first came out and it does not play in my ps4 but will play everywhere else so i order it again and the new one plays in mount ps4 everywhere else too yes that's a good five-star review it plays in his PS4. It's about as much as you're gonna get. Yeah, and not my PS4 either. It was Mount PS4, MT PS4. So I assume he, there's some mountain that he can play this on. How about a one-star review? Uh, oh, I for was able. Cabin Fever 2002. I
1: I had the pick of the litter. <laughs> there are a few of them in here, but I'm curious. What did you grab? Mm, I grabbed one. This is this is more like the film horror fans have been waiting a decade to avoid. Oh. Cabin Fever, in quotes, (laughs) is one film I'm adding to the top of my worst films of 2003 list. Mm -hmm. Poorly written, poorly directed, and just a really bad over high horror film. My partner and I are still wondering why Cabin Fever was wowed at the 2002 Toronto International Film Festival. We all are. Did we miss something? (laughs) Cabin Fever has to be the most overhyped indie horror film to come out of a studio since the very crappy and very overrated Blair Witch Project. As far as the plot of the film goes, a large group of college students get stuck in the woods in a cabin and a blood spewing infestation who's been made all more nasty takes over. Don't believe the hype as the only frightening thing about this effort is to how it received a nationwide theatrical release rather than an instant burial in the straight-to-video market. <laughs> the only scary thing about Cabin Fever is that its well-connected hacks get deals. Cabin Fever rated 1 out of 5. Oh my. It's like they were talking. It's like I wrote this. I feel like I wrote this, except for where they kind of... Went on a weird rant about the plot and the disease, but anyway, like this is this is bad. Um, I'm assuming you, like myself, had a plethora to choose from as well. I had so many,
0: and I chose this one, which also felt like something I would write about it, which is awful to the point of being unwatchable. The vaunted Eli Roth manages to hit every single teens-in-the-woods cliche in the first ten minutes. Slutty hot girl, virtuous pretty girl falling for her friend, moron with a gun, totally irresponsible idiot shooting everyone that moves while drinking beer, gratuitous stories about the killer never found, coupled by the gross gun-toting pig telling every one of his ultimate masturbation moments dialogue as presented is largely a string of f-bombs pretty much non-stop only a true vulgarian would watch this dog turd with anything other than pure disdain or a sense of total self-loathing if i could give it a minus score i would possibly the worst movie made in the last 20 years i agree i mean they're not wrong so i did find it entertaining that uh he, he brings up the he or she i guess uh brings up the gratuitous story about the killer never found yeah zero bearing on the script but yeah it's there for sure that's, yep. that's cool
1: so 2016 yeah 2016. Uh, did we did we were you even able to find a five-star review
0: i was actually interestingly that's impressive.
1: enough yeah if
0: if i was going to write a five-star review of this movie as incoherent as possible this would be it that's Roth as the director, was the juice you're going to want, having directed the Hostel movies, of course. Let me, let me go ahead and reread that for you. That's Roth as the director, was the juice you're going to want, having directed the Hostel movies, of course.
1: That's pretty incoherent, and uh-huh. I don't even know really what to, what to say after that. I think you could say your five-star review. What was your five-star review? So I actually found someone that tried to take this seriously. Oh, boy. Uh, titled An Excellent Remake of a Classic. Oh my. I really do not understand all the low ratings for this film. Being an avid horror fan and having seen the excellent original 2002 Eli Roth classic, I watched this remake not sure what to expect. A few minutes in, I realized I was going to enjoy this. For someone who has seen countless friends in peril horror films, what struck me was this felt totally fresh and new. Fresh and new. Hmm. I just wanted to reiterate. Mm -hmm. Action from start to finish. I was not bored for a moment. The acting was good. The photography was excellent. And so too was the musical score. The special effects were good, especially the rabid-like dog. These days, too many films made with plenty of hard work and the very best of intentions are criticized and put down ignoring all the good things about them and instead just pointing out all the bad points. Personally, I did not find anything I did not like about this film. My only regret is that I did not get to see this film at the Cine. Cine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did not want to finish the word. (laughs) Um, I would have very much liked that. I would like to thank everyone involved with this film for making it an excellent and very polished remake. I enjoyed it from start to finish and I hope you too will give this a chance and enjoy it as much as I did. Signed Eli Roth. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so I figured Travis if I, Z. No. <laughs> I, I figured if I read that as though I'm reading a Dr. Seuss book, it would make it better. I or seem less bullshit. You wanna know what my least favorite part of that whole thing was? It's not
0: photography; it's cinematography. If you're gonna s- abbreviate it to cine, then get your goddamn terminology correct. Oh, that!
1: I mean, if that's what you've taken, well played. That's what I'm gonna take out of this one. So let's uh, let's flip the script a little bit. I'm oh. assuming
0: you found a one star. They were plentiful. Uh, this one's called "Bigger budget does not equal bigger talent." If I could leave no stars, I would. Cabin Fever is my favorite horror movie of all time. I consider a Kubrick-esque visionary simply because of the placement of music, camera pans at just the right moments, quirky characters, and a decent amount of gore. I kept an open mind with this, but I didn't understand why such a relatively recent film needed remaking. When I clicked play, expecting some new mutation of the original that perhaps I could just love as much, I was horrified. The acting is subpar. They're practically shouting their lines like they're at acting camp. There's no fluidity of exchange. This was trash. I tried so hard to enjoy it. That's it. So watch it for yourself if you can have an educated opinion. But for me, I have no clue why Eli Roth gave his blessing on this, aside from maybe hoping to make some more money. Disappointed.
1: That was amazing. Your one star. Oh, it's called A a Tour de Fail. (laughs) I am dumber for having watched this. I literally wrote that
0: as one of my notes.
1: Is this I, my review? It's not, <laughs> but uh, I I concur. Awful has a new standard. It's like a cafeteria of the worst possible facets that compies. He wrote the wrong word. He wrote forgot the R in comprise, and I just read it like Ron Burgundy. That's
0: okay. I read. Uh, I d- didn't realize that. Uh, I I said before I consider it a Kubrick esque visionary simply because it, it that that's exactly like that's the bad. That's just word for word. So I, I, we, we read these word for word, like, compies is what he said. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it,
1: um, bad acting, yes. The worst. A terrible plot, chick. A rifle with a magazine that contains endless ammo until it runs out and then magically has more ammo in the next scene, yep. Bad backwoods, idiotic stereotype, yes. I could go on, but why bother? This movie goes beyond suck. Uh, one point or excuse me, this was given a .5 star. Oh, 0.5. He, wanted, he wanted to edit it, he wrote .5. Oh nice, well, that's good. Yeah. So those were some good reviews
0: there. Uh, let's get into our breakdown of these two movies. So uh, cast, I gotta give it to the original one because as we stated before, it actually had people that I recognized. It's yeah. not a good cast, but it's better than the new one. Yeah, I'll give it to, yeah. yeah. Acting, I think I give it to the original one because like I was saying before, at least they kind of committed to a shitty character instead of just being really stale and lame. Although the last half hour, I would give it to the new one, but I think overall, I'm gonna give. I would give it to the original. What do you thought? An oh, acting, I I totally agree. Yeah. Um, Direction slash script, they're the same fucking thing. That's a wash. That's just no. I'm not. I, I won't. I, maybe uh, actually,
1: I'll take that back. I'll give it to the new one because it looked prettier. Sure. <laughs> Um, I'm not. I'm not going to give it that goddamn satisfaction. I'm calling it a draw. That's, a, that's they're, fair. They're the same thing. Actually, yeah. Let's 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 call that a draw.
0: Um, production value. It's the new one. The new one has a better production value. I'll I'll, I'll grant it that one. At least. <sighs> Shovel face. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, enjoyment value. Draw. Didn't like either of them.
1: Yeah. No. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge that I enjoyed watching either of them. So I say both of them are at no.
0: I hated both of them equally. Uh, <laughs> what are some final thoughts on these? This, as I mentioned before, this was this was completely my choice to watch these, and I knew I wasn't going to enjoy them. So, Paul, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, the initial the initial <laughs> letdown of it not being cabin cabin in the woods was tough to get over. I'm still not over it. I really like you pulled that a movie. Zach.
0: You pulled a Zach and thought you were watching a I, different
1: movie I, than you were watching. Oh, no, I really wanted to watch, and, and I mean, I might still I can still watch it, but um, these movies suck. They were i I got through the first one midway through the second. It took me four times, <laughs> and mind you, I've been home with a baby staying up night can watch anything I want, and no, just lost interest, <laughs> just didn't I finished it eventually, but just didn't care, yeah, that's my thoughts yeah i i, I want I want that time in my life back. I am. So happy that you suffered
0: through this, not because I hate you, but because I suffered through this, and it's nice to know there's misery in company. You know, oh <laughs> it's yeah, just, it was, it was, it was nice. Um, so, on the final note, Paul, Cabin Fever 2016, was this really necessary?
1: So I'm going to answer that in two parts. Sure, no 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 it wasn't um to rephrase that question was the 2002 necessary no no it wasn't none of these movies were necessary this is a combination of about three hours of my life that i would i would prefer to have back um they're not good movies but to to be serious and answer the question and why we do this no no this was this was absolutely unnecessary and in fact I really, truly pray someone lost their job for this. I 100% agree with you and was going to say almost the exact
0: same thing of, I don't think the 2002 was necessary. So, no, wholeheartedly, emphatically not necessary 2016 cabin fever. Why don't you guys please tune in next time. We will be taking on... Some superheroes. Uh, oh, we're gonna
1: have a little bit of Maguire versus a little bit of Garfield.
0: That's right. We're gonna look at Spider-Man, and then was it the Amazing Spider-Man? The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, which one? I don't even remember what the the years are on those, but it like 2002
1: Paul said, and 2012. They just uh, barely get to hit our list here of the decade. But well, that's, since they are yeah. reboot and yep. remake, yep. Um, we get to uh, dabble into those and d- yeah. dissect the differences there. So. I, I would
0: encourage you guys to go back and watch those along with us. As always, uh, we will be discussing that next time. So for everyone here, I'm Zach Buell. And I'm Paul Abishaw. And this has been Was That Really Necessary? Follow along with us on any social media, any of your favorite uh, apps, and get us get us out there. Share yeah, us with we'd love friends. to
1: see some reviews from our dozens of listeners. There are and, dozens uh, of us. Dozens of, yeah. Uh, but no, we love, we, we do appreciate you guys, and we love to hear any feedback or any, uh, maybe some movie suggestions, things you guys want to hear.
0: Yeah, give us your requests. We'd love to hear it. And yes, we are back. We both had small children. I mentioned that on the Facebook page, but uh, we are back recording this. So yes. thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.